everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. And I'm Vinny Civitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is the podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country, representing about a million jobs here in the great state of New Jersey. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they're the official sponsor of the show. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. Awesome. Just a couple housekeeping matters before we get started. This podcast is available anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even put these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But if you are watching or you are listening or however you're digesting this show, show it some love. Give it that five-star review, comment, like, anything you can do to let us know you're out there and you're happy with the show. With that out of the way, our guest today from Blue Foundry Bank is Jim Nessie. Jim, say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hey, how is everybody doing today? Thanks for the intro, and it's great to be with both of you today. You too. We're, we're really happy to have you. Um, so, Jim, why don't you start off by telling us what you do, uh, what, you, what you do for the bank. Tell us about yourself. We are very interested. Sure. Well, thanks again for having me on the show today. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk about Blue Foundry Bank. Um, it's my favorite place to be every day. I get to lead a wonderful group of people, about 175 employees. My job is to be the CEO and president of this great bank. Um, we provide lending services, deposit services for retail and commercial customers throughout the state of New Jersey. But more than anything else, I think we provide an experience, an experience for our employee base, an experience for our customer base that I hope is unparalleled in the banking industry. So that's what I focus on on a day-to-day -day basis. It's all about making sure that we have great customer and employee experiences. I hear you're expanding. Tell us about that. Sure. We just opened up a new location in Chatham, New Jersey. Um, it's a smaller location, which I think is kind of interesting. I think bank spaces are getting smaller in footprint size. The days of 4,000, 6,000, 8,000 square foot branches, those days seem to be gone. I think people go into a bank branch less and less often. Um, most of what you need is on your cell phone, it's on your laptop, your iPad, whatever device you might use. But from time to time... I don't time, think I've been inside a bank in like a year. <laughs> I, I believe it. And I think many of us haven't been to a bank branch in probably longer than a year. You go in there because, you know, maybe somebody yeah. gave you a super check and you didn't know what to do with it. But now you take a picture of it and it winds up magically in your account. Yeah. Uh, so for us, the branch experience is changing so much. Our Chatham location um, has the best of retail banking, in our opinion. It's, again, more of an experience. It feels more like a, a consultation. You don't walk to the end of the bank branch and hand a teller your deposit slip and your check. They come out to you. You're probably seated at a couch or a countertop. Uh, there's coffee there, there's water there, whatever snacks might be in that branch location. But the interaction is to be helpful, to come out, see you, what are you working on today, how can we help? So it's very, very different from the old velvet rope and lining customers up in queues and next please. We, we just don't do that. You don't see that anymore. That's incredible. I was going to make a joke about, you know, the last time I was at a bank uh, was probably to get cash. So the only way you could make it more convenient is if you delivered the cash. Like if, if you had somebody ring my doorbell with an envelope full of cash, I mean, but that's but a free that's, idea, by the way, <laughs> free ideas right here. Um, but I love the idea that the velvet rope is gone. The line for the tellers is gone. The consultative pr approach, 
that was hard to say. <laughs> the consultative approach, that just feels so much uh, warmer and fuzzier than in years past. I like that. I agree with you. I think it's how a lot of retail has changed. So when we think about bank bank operations, what's that retail feel like? You know, when you come in, if you were shopping for something else that was physical, you walk into a store today, you walk into your local shopping mall, it's just different now, right? They're trying to impact all of your senses. They want you to feel really good about the moment you walk through their door, how their product is presented to you. People are competing at a really, really high level and they're getting very, very good at it. So I think retailing has changed dramatically and we're just trying to keep up with that same type of look and feel. I think but you talked that. about money and, and making it easy for people. So our ATM machines, we have a state-of-the-art, brand new, high-end ATM machine, same ones that you would find at big banks. But the other thing we did was we said there's only 16 locations for Blue Foundry Bank. How can we make it even easier for our customer base? We said, well, we'll let you access any ATM anywhere in the world for free. So if that ATM charges you a fee, we pay it for you. Wow. That's amazing. I love it. So now we just made your money really easy to get to. We took out that barrier. But when we create products, we think about what are the barriers to entry? So one of those things was, hey, how do I get my money? It's my money. Why do I have to pay you $1.50 to get it or $3 or I'm in yeah, Europe? I was going to say $1.50 is on the low side when you go yeah. somewhere, like, especially in New York or anything. <laughs> but for us, we've had customers all over the world foreign countries and they say, hey, the ATM fee was 10 bucks. You guys reimbursed us. We said, not a problem. The stories we get I'm out of it. I'm soaked on my water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I do when I get the bill. But no, in all seriousness, I love the cups. Those are very cute. Uh, but what I would tell you, that was one of the barriers to entry for a small bank, a $2 billion bank, to get into big bank type of customer bases. Free ATMs worldwide. You go to get some money out, we'll pay the charge. I love it. It's a very real example of uh, throwing money at the problem. You know, I love that expression when it when it makes sense, when it works. Let's throw money at the problem, and you literally did. What a great way to fix that barrier. Because you basically answered my question about, can you just deliver cash to my house? I mean, basically, I can go to any bank in the entire world and get my cash, and you right. help me get it for no extra money. That's amazing. Exactly. exactly. I love so it. So those, those are the little things. And, I know we're going to talk a lot about, you know, being dynamic, but that's one of those things that we face, the challenge in our business that we faced, that we had to say, okay, how do we create a product that is easy for the customer and easy for us to solve? And, and that's how we, you know, we threw some money at the problem and it, it's worked really, really well. Fantastic. Um, so I know that you are, you live in Chatham and I it think is. that that's like where the next branch is going, right? It is. That is true. Yeah, so I, I, I guess you find the things that... He just wanted the really easy access to the ATM yeah. without having to reimburse himself. That's what that was. <laughs> now, I think, you know, you take a path to work every day and, and you're probably closest to the community you live in. And when I look at Chatham, it's a great town, like many of the great towns in New Jersey, cities maybe, um, That was there was an opportunity. There was an end store and probably the busiest shopping center in all of Chatham. And it became available. The uh, tenant prior to us had been there for many, many years. And all of a sudden the space became available and we were able to negotiate and get a wonderful space uh, to put our next branch location. 
Um, but we're really, really excited about the Chatham marketplace, the community, and living there, it, it, it helps a lot to uh, promote your, your bank and your brand. Um, oh. I, think, I think Vinny has a question, but I, I want to ask a follow-up question because I, I think it's so interesting that at a time that is unquestionably incredibly challenging for businesses in general. I mean, we're living through a pandemic. The economy was struggling for a while. Still not completely back yet. The jobs numbers but in March were promising, but there are so many banks who are kind of scaling back. They're, they're closing branches, and you guys are doing the opposite. It's inspiring, I think. It, it's true, and it's funny. I have a wonderful uh, board of directors, and the board really takes to heart what the management team tries to achieve every day. And if you're ever going to break into a space, it's when everybody else is pulling back. So we looked at the pandemic and said, okay, we, we've got two choices, right? We can push forward, open up new branches, make sure every employee has a job. We keep pushing, right? Because it's more than just making loans and deposits. I have about 175 people that work for Blue Foundry Bank. There's 175 jobs, there's 175 families, there's all those small businesses we help. So the community is quite large. So pulling back, that's not in our nature, that's not the spirit of what we do every day. We push forward. And we thought about this just as you asked the question. Other banks might be pulling back. It's a great time to make some new friends and introduce some new customers to our bank. Cool. Love it. One of the things we like to do on our show is get advice for businesses that are starting out or struggling. So do you have any advice for small businesses, maybe struggling, maybe looking to grow their business, get some resources? Sure. And it was funny, you know, as I think through what should you do next, I would tell you what we do at our bank. When you're faced with a problem, come up with a thousand solutions, sit with the team and start working it out. But I think about the food industry. And in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of those food businesses were struggling. And then you started to see people who figured it out. So living in Chatham, I lived near some really nice restaurants, not far from the house. And you would start to see one would board up and one would have a line of cars wrapped around the street. So they went from an in-dining type of high-end experience to really high-end takeout food. And, and I said, well, who's gonna buy a steak and take it home? Cause that's, you're missing the whole steakhouse experience. But I tried it and it was great. And the other thing I noticed, the bill didn't go down because I took it home with me, right? So the margin stayed in place. Now, the steakhouse example, it's one that's a steakhouse that I've been to many, many times. And I asked them, I happened to go in to pick up food. And I said, well, I feel really bad. Are sales down? They said, no, sales are at 110%. We now do more business because we have this takeout model. Plus we had, I think they were at 25% seating. So it was all added. Last weekend, I ordered some tacos, my wife and I and the kids, we had a taco party on Sunday and my wife asked me to pick it up. And the taco bill was a, a tad embarrassing in, in price. And I said, this was a taco kit. The taco <laughs> bill is always embarrassing when you look at it. Yeah, and I probably ate too many tacos to be truthful. But I mm. looked at it and I said, wow, here's a business that was supposed to be this really cool, refreshing, come in and have a great experience in our wonderful taco restaurant. I went drove my daughter and I, she picked up the tacos, we brought it home, we unpacked it, it was really, really cool. And we had this great taco party. The taco kit was over a hundred bucks. So now I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's a business that figured it out. If you could sell tacos for $100, you've really figured out small business. But to me, the takeaway was 
what do you do when you're faced with a product, with a problem rather? Do you shut down the, you know, the doors and let go of all your workers? Or do you say, hey, listen, there might be a market here where we can sell kits, right? And I don't think they opened their, their restaurant with the intention of selling kits. That was probably never in their cards, but they did it. They did it successfully. They figured out how to keep the margin. They knew their customer base. So part of, I think, what happens in neighborhoods around New Jersey, sometimes you're willing to overpay in all seriousness. Right? You might look at something like tacos and jo joke around a little bit and say, well, why would you pay that much? Well, but for me, it was about helping a restaurant that I want to see survive. Yeah. Right? They, they, their plea was help our business. We'll give something of value. And we promise we'll continue to deliver value when the pandemic is hopefully over soon enough. So I think and you got the experience of putting them together and everything, you know. Yeah. It's a way to give back to your local community, right? So maybe for a while we don't mind overpaying maybe. That that's maybe what's going on in the society we're living in. I think that's right. And in fact, I would argue that um I stopped spending money on so many other things. Not only did I not mind overpaying a little bit, but I felt good about it. I was I didn't feel stressed or anxious about the food bill that, you know, at the end of the month I figure out how much I spent on eating out. I didn't I didn't have any of those feelings like I normally would because I stopped I stopped spending money on like gas. We all work from home now, like or not we all, but Vinny and I for the most part, we worked from home for a lot of twenty twenty and for a lot of twenty twenty one. Um so it, it felt like something small that I could do on a consistent basis to just help, you know? But And that's it, right? So like, how did that, those businesses that I'm talking about, the businesses that you're talking about, how did they connect with us, right? So probably that's the second takeaway of the conversation, right? What's your right. dynamic pivot as a small right. business? Like, what do you do when faced with the problem? Did you find a market? Did you find somebody to sell your goods to? And then did you connect with the customer? so that they became less price sensitive, right? Because that, that's the key, right? How do you get customers to be less price sensitive when you're selling goods and services? Make it about something that's more important than just the price alone. For, for you and I, I think we believe that helping fellow you know, community members is really important, right? And this is just like writing a check for a donation, but it has a direct impact on the communities we live and work in. So we felt good about it. And can you make that connection between business and customer. So again, you're asking for a little bit of advice. To me, those are some of the important things that I've picked up, learned throughout the pandemic, and I'm sure you have as well. I feel like this is a, an experience many of us are having. I can agree with you more. Um, I think I heard that you've got a new business checking account coming out. Do you wanna give us a little info on that? Sure, it's just like the ATM model. What could we give away for free? that other banks don't give away for free? How do we knock down any obstacle for a customer? So lots of small businesses need uh, merchant services, you know, those devices that you put customer credit cards into. Well, that gear and equipment is quite expensive, especially when you're starting out. And many of the big banks, what they do is they make you have a minimum deposit. And the minimum deposit's quite large. If you've ever started out a small business, capital's usually kind of scarce. Right? So keeping a large amount of money in your checking account that you get paid no interest on is not that appealing to you. What we said was, how do we eliminate the obstacles? We said, look, give them the equipment. What else do they need? They said, well, sometimes when you're starting businesses, they have a lot of wires coming in and out of the account. Well, let's give them a couple of wires for free to help them out every month so that we're not looking to hit them with charges 
at every single opportunity. Again, part of being at a smaller bank, we can take those obstacles out. We also didn't have a large business customer base a couple of years ago. So we weren't really losing any income. I think the bigger banks make so much money in these spaces that they would be giving up millions and millions of dollars. When you start from zero, there was no give up for us. And we were hopeful that we would attract lots of small businesses that wanted maybe a couple of free wires, some merchant services devices that would be helpful. We tallied it up and I think it's about $3,000 of available free stuff, let's call it, that we give or make available to small businesses when they start banking. And that's all based on, we know it's gonna work out really, really well for both of us if we can create that relationship. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> so I, I hope that, you know, maybe in, in your small business, if you operate as a small business, you come down and see us, maybe it's in the Chatham location or whichever one's close to you, and you open up a new account, try it out, because there's really, there's no charge that's going to stop you from giving it a try. I'm going to be honest with you. If you were to drop me two blocks away from my house and not tell me where I was, I'd never find my way home. Where's Chatham, New Jersey? <laughs> um, let's see, wh where are you? <laughs> I'm in Stockton. Um, out by like Lambertville, uh, Frenchtown, all there. Uh, okay. Country. So, so we're closer to Newark Airport. Are you familiar? Oh, okay. with that? I know where that. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, sure. New <laughs> so, Jersey is probably about 15, 20 minutes away from New York, uh, from Newark Airport. Okay. Jim, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, maybe uh, learn more about the bank. How can sure. they get a hold of you? You know, I'm on LinkedIn. I, that's probably the easiest way to connect to me on uh, from a business front. Um, connect to me on LinkedIn. You can always reach me um, through the bank's web portal. You'll find the bank and its info at Blue Foundry Bank. You'll, there's lots of ways to connect. You can call me on the 800 number. It'll transfer you right to my office, no doubt. And um, I'd love to make a new friend. So if somebody wants to say hello, please uh, pick up the phone and give me a shout. Fantastic. I, before we close, I have one more uh, follow-up question. Um, because I noticed that it's got the same name. So kind of part and parcel to the business checking, you've got a special business loan. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, at Blue Foundry, we really specialize in small business loans. So we've tried to make the process as easy as you can possibly imagine. I'll tell you during back to the pandemic for just a half a second, you had the PPP uh, loan process that everybody knows about. We did um, around a thousand new PPP loans. Now, again, small banks, a thousand of anything is a lot. You know, in years past, a couple few hundred loans would be a big undertaking. We took our whole bank, every single person while working from home, and really focused on small business. And we did 1,000-ish loans, maybe a little over. 90 million um, in dollars went out in the program. It's been absolutely incredible. So that's how we've made lots of new friends, new customers, new clients. And so what we found is the PPP loan is sort of the beginning of the relationship with them. They needed a business checking account to help them get started. And then from there, they said, well, what do we do next? Now that our business is up and running, is there a way to borrow additional funds from the bank? So we created an express product for small businesses so that they, we can get rid of some of the red tape. Again, our whole goal is to knock out those obstacles getting in the way of small business from happening. You don't want to spend a lot of time on banking. You want to spend time running your business. So the, the small business bank loan product is what we focused on. The thing that amazes me the most about what you just said is the, the speed that, that you sort of make it seem like it's, it's a relatively quick experience because 
you're right. A small business owner doesn't have time to like sit and mess with all the all the stuff that goes into dealing with a loan. That's amazing. So I, I agree with you. I, you probably run your business all day, and then life happens in between that. The last thing you want to do is administrative paperwork. That's probably why you're independent business people for a lot of your day, right? Because you didn't want to be tied down with all that other stuff. Hopefully, we're making people's lives a little bit easier. I love it. I think I think this is fantastic. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap up? No, th this has been great, and thanks for giving us and me an opportunity to talk about the bank today. Really appreciate it, and it's, it's really nice. Make two new friends today. So thank you. I completely agree. I feel like I've made a new friend as well. Uh, <laughs> so thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, thanks to Jim Nessie of Blue Foundry Bank. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks. Take care. You too.